Hello and welcome to Evidence of Grace, a podcast from Revolution 22 Church in Boise, Idaho. The purpose of this podcast is for members of our church body to share their testimony and how God is continually working in our lives. We hope that this is an encouragement to you and that you continue to love God and love others. On this week's episode of Evidence of Grace, I am joined by Tracy Wood. Tracy has an amazing story, and it's highlighted by the relationship with her father and how it caused her to fall away from her faith when she was younger, but regained her faith and relationship with her father when she was a little bit older. Her story is also about her consistently trusting the Lord instead of leaning on herself. Now sit back and enjoy this episode. All right, welcome back to the Evidence of Grace podcast. We have a very special guest joining us today, Miss Tracy Wood. Tracy, thank you for joining us. Oh, thanks for having me. I'm excited. I am so excited. Um, I know you said that that you were a little nervous about coming on, uh, which is totally understandable. It's a it's a weird feeling talking into a microphone, and you know people are going to listen to what yeah. you're saying and you don't you're not talking to them I don't know it's kind of weird yeah no that is weird and honest this is I have never done a podcast before so this is my very first one do you listen to podcasts at all yes okay in fact after you asked me to be on this one I have listened to all of your podcasts awesome that's so cool that's <laughs> and so enjoyed cool. them too good good I'm glad that's um it's been really cool, honestly, to to have such. I was actually talking about it with Ryan earlier this morning about like just so much positive feedback from it, and it's, that's been really cool. So. Yeah, and I'll, about half of the people that have already gone on here, I didn't know them. I didn't know them at all, yeah. and so then I feel like, oh, I know you, and we have this in common. Yeah, you know, that's really cool. And another thing is that I felt like. I had something in common with almost everyone, regardless of age or gender. Yeah, that's wild. It was huh? a very human thing. Yeah, yeah, super cool. So, I also just wanted to applaud you because I know that there's a lot of people, people that I have asked to come on the podcast, people that may not have expressed interest on coming on because they're nervous to talk into a microphone <laughs> or because they're nervous to be on a podcast. So. Be like Tracy and oh, thank you, and thank just you. just suck it up and do it. Just go for <laughs> it. Yeah, I've always you know nobody likes how they sound, you know how their voice sounds because totally. that's not really how they hear themselves, and so you just have to kind of get over yourself. Mm-hmm. And I you think know. one of the weirdest things, like because uh, I do a, a sports podcast too, so uh-huh. I've I mean I have hundreds of episodes now of podcasts with me out there and. It's, it used to bother me because I can't go back and change it. Yeah. Like I can't go back to an, an episode and listen to it and then change what I was going to say. But yeah, you kind of just have to laugh at yourself and just be like, that's what I was thinking in the moment. Right. And, and I was wrong. Exactly. <laughs> and it's okay to, it's okay to go back and like, you don't have to defend every word or decision that you made in, it's kind of like life where you right. can, you can go back and look at those things and just be like. Yep, I did. I messed up. Yeah, and at or, my age, I'm like, oh, I have a lot of that. <laughs> I, it just wasn't recorded. <laughs> that, that's that might be a good thing. Some for some things, right? No, yeah. I know it's a good thing. <laughs> okay, so I want to let's let that's a great segue. Let's let's dive right in. Um, let's start from the beginning. You did not grow up in Idaho, did you? No, I did not. Okay, I 
little known fact, uh, in some of the podcasts I've heard, the intro is, my intro would be, a long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away, okay. I was is born. It, but, yeah. it, but I really wasn't born in a galaxy far away. I was born in Tacoma, Washington. No way. I did not know that. Yeah, and most people don't. Yeah. Um, my dad was stationed at Fort Lewis, is yeah. it? Yeah, or Joint Base Lewis-McChord. Oh, that's what yeah. it is now. Well, yeah. back in the day. Okay. In 63 is the year. <laughs> it was Fort Lewis. Okay. And um, so I was born there, and then within three months was back home in New Orleans. Mm -hmm. So I was raised... In New Orleans, I'm the only one in my family that can't say born and raised. Yeah. You know, which yeah. is kind of weird. That's eh, kind of a bummer. But but I, at this point, though, it's funny because I'm like, the Northwest, my people. Yeah, you that's know? so funny. Interesting. And here I am. Right, right. You, know? you made your way back. And that was a God thing. Totally. Uh, it wasn't my plan. Right. It just was his plan. Totally. So, so grew up in New Orleans. Yeah. Uh, um, I was raised Methodist. Okay. So we... I was raised in the church. Um, my grandparents were great. Like, I I love my grandmothers. My grandfathers, too, but I was closer to my grandmothers. They all went, we all went to the same church. Oh, very And cool. in fact, my mom and dad met on the steps of the church. Oh, no way. Carrollton United Methodist Church. Um, so I went to Sunday school. I did all the VBS as a little kid, although yeah. I don't have any memory of that. Um, sun Sunday school memories I do have um, in the little church choirs, stuff like that. Yeah. Um, I am the oldest of three. Okay. Um, I have a sister and a brother. We're equally four years apart. Interesting. Okay. My brother's the youngest, so I'm eight years older than him. Yeah. Um, and... For the most part, our childhood was really good. It was a normal year 65, well, I'm going to say 70, yeah. 70s, because at that point, I was seven. Right. So, the, yeah. Growing, growing up, up in, in the, the 70s. 70s. Yep. So, we played outside all day, mm -hmm. drank from the hose. Yep. Our parents didn't know where we were. Like, they didn't have to. <laughs> That's awesome. So that was fun. So did you, were, so you said your, your grandparents in the same town. Did you have, like, were cousins there too? Was it kind of all the extended family or? Yeah. On, so on my mom's side, she had, let me make sure I'm right, one sister and four brothers. Okay. And they each had their kids. Yeah. And. For Thanksgiving, on my mom's side, we would, all, all the cousins, all the families would meet every Thanksgiving. Yeah. And so we were growing up together. Yeah. Um, and then when I was in about seventh grade, I think my, grand, my grandfather retired and they moved back to Mississippi, which is where they were from. Okay. And that's where, like, my mom was born and raised, you know, there. Yeah. Um, but lots, lots of neighborhood friends too. Yeah. And yeah. And um however, there was a lot of fighting that happened. Like neighborhood fighting. Uh-huh. Just bickering over things. Yeah. But I I played a lot of sports with the neighborhood boys. So the young boys would come knock on the door, can Tracy play? To come play football. Yeah. Older boys too. Uh-huh. And we would play 
a neighborhood that was like across the highway. They oh, come that's kind of cool. Like, like <laughs> yeah, we had big lots. It was yeah. like Sandlot, totally. that movie. Totally. That's my favorite movie of all time. By uh, that's cool. It, it's a good one. But that I can very much identify with. Yeah, like, that's awesome. We had that kind of childhood. Um, then at some point, um, my dad got very disillusioned with the church. Hmm. Um, I think there was some affair with the pastor going on and he knew about it or and my grandmother, his mother was trying to keep it quiet, help okay. more, more like expose the pastor and say, look, you got to do something about this. Okay. Yeah. I don't know all the details, but my dad was like, I'm not going to church anymore. Yeah. I'm done. He, so he, he just was like looking at that pastor and like, what a hypocrite. Yeah. Right. Okay. So that, that was his thought. And when we, so when I was in eighth grade, we moved neighborhoods. So that kind of changed. And then it was between eighth and ninth grade and I was going to high school. Yeah. And there was a change in our family. Yeah. Like my dad got really unhappy. Uh, he drank. Mm-hmm. He stayed out. Mm-hmm. Um, and my poor mother was just trying to hold everything together. And we were like, oh, we don't want to go to church. We don't have to. If dad's not going, we're not going. And we kind of bullied my mom, yeah. you know, into, yeah. because at the time that was a stigma, like people yeah. would talk and, is what she was worried about. Well, and I wonder if, you know, growing up, I mean, I've, I've never lived in the South, but I wonder if Expectations. that kind of has, yeah, I wonder oh, if that yeah. has an impact as well. It's, it's all about how things look to yeah. a lot of times, which is, that's, that's, uh, can be very disillusioning. You know, you're just totally. like, totally. Yeah. I can't deal with this. Yeah. And um so we did we quit going to church basically. Uh-huh. And we had moved uh I forgot to say we had moved from Carrollton Church to a church on the West Bank where our house was at the time and that was the church that we were quote going to mm-hmm. when I was in high school. Okay. And um I went to uh we went to a private school when we were young, and then in high school, I went to a Catholic all-girls school. Oh, wow. Um, we're not Catholic, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I actually really enjoyed it. Okay. Um, made lots of friends. But it was because I played sports. As soon as they knew, they saw me play sports, like everyone wanted to be my friend. Uh, okay. So I wasn't okay. the outcast kid. Right. Or... Um, I was just accepted because yeah. I was, I was good. They wanted me on their team, kind of thing. Um, but in high school, my my whole attitude was just have fun, uh, kind of numbing myself from any pain that I would that I would feel because my mom and dad's marriage just started breaking down, and I, being the oldest, I saw it. Yeah, I mean, I and my mom tried didn't. She didn't try to put her emotions on me. I mean, it just happened. And so she well, she probably shared more than she should have with me. Yeah, I mean, I can imagine, though, she's probably, one, hurting very badly, and two, probably exhausted, right? Like yeah. she, Like you said, just that image to me, like keeping a family together, just trying to hold it all together is exhausting. Yeah, so. I mean, mama, 
she cooked like a five course meals every night, yeah. you know, um, made our clothes. Like she was busy. And then she started becoming a Mary Kay lady. Mm-hmm. And, um, she did that for 25 years, wow. I think. But, um, by doing that, she had a little extra money that she could give to us when we needed it for different things. Yeah. Cause my dad just, I don't know what it was in his mind. It was like we were just a burden hmm. to him. Yeah. Like when we were younger, he played with us. We, you know, but as we got older, we were just a burden and we were just there for chores. Yeah. And he and he would say things like to my mom, the kids only come to me for money. And then I'm like, well, let me go work and do this job. Yeah. And he's like, no, I don't want go ahead. You focus on your sports. Okay. If you need me to come, if you need money, come to me. And then he would complain about it. Yeah. Interesting. So it was, it was kind of weird. Yeah, totally. And, um, there's a, there's a verse in the Bible that talks about fathers don't exasperate your children. Yeah. And that's what I felt like he did to me. Totally. Like I was totally exasperated. Yeah. Like you change the rules all the time, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And so I became very angry and, uh, being in new Orleans, I mean, I was exposed to everything. Like my first drink was at 13. Yeah. Wow. I tried a cigarette when I was in fourth grade. I mean, yeah, that's, <laughs> and luckily I didn't, I was like, Ooh, this is nasty, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know? But I was, so I was exposed to a lot, but throughout high school, I do remember, like I had a Bible, I I had a couple Bibles, I had like a youth Bible and I would read it occasionally and I would read and I'd read Romans, you know, where it's like, what's the thing I want to do? I don't do. And I'm like, I know what's wrong with me, (laughs) you know, right? what's, what's my problem. But, um, so I just felt like, like looking back, God was still pursuing me. Totally. I didn't, I didn't ever not believe in God, Mm -hmm. but I didn't have a relationship with God. Yeah. Yeah. Which makes sense. So, so this, did this continue throughout high school? Um, this, this anger and, and bitterness towards your father. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. And now, but this, the, the, what's the word conflicting thing was I, my dad was so gregarious and such a great character and I loved people meeting him. Mm-hmm. Same with my mom. But then I was like, I was so disappointed with him that I, I like just shut down. Mm. Um, and so, and that came across in just my attitude towards my mother, towards yeah. my sister and my brother. I was like, everybody just leave me alone. Yeah. Yeah. So did you, did you go away for, for college? Like what was, what was post high school? Yeah. So also, yeah, was there I was I'm smart pre- enough to know, do your work, get decent grades and you'll fly under the radar. Uh-huh. So I partied and like my parents, my dad might've known, but he didn't care. My, and he was out of town. Yeah. You know, he's busy with his issues, but my mom be like, did you have a beer? You know, I was like, yeah, mom, just one. Don't worry about it. Like I would just brush her off. Right. Um, but she was really innocent and kind of naive. Yeah. But she was trying. 
um, and I just hid. So when I went to college, uh, I went to LSU. I was in LSU clothes when I was two weeks old. Right. So I sort of didn't even think about going anywhere else. And how far is LSU from where um, you grew up? It's about two hours okay. away in Baton Rouge. Yep. And um, so I got in at LSU, and plus we didn't really have the money. Yeah. So, and not that it was expensive back then, but it was still college. Totally. Um, I got a small loan, and um, that's how we went. And my dad, he took me to the bank to get this student loan, and I really kind of didn't understand that we're getting this loan, but I'm, it's on me. <laughs> yeah. You know. Um, but it wasn't much. But it took it took ten or. 15 years to pay it off, but I paid off, I paid it off very, like the lowest I could do. Right. But anyway, back to that, to the story. I went to LSU and the very first semester, I had a roommate that was a family friend through our childhood. My parents, they did supper clubs and the whole families went. Yeah. My mom plays the piano. So they would all sing around the piano and the kids would just be in and out. And um, it was a great those are great memories. And one of the kids was a girl named Kathy. And we weren't great friends, but I knew she was a nice girl. And it was kind of like, oh, she's a good girl. That'll be good for me. And um, yeah. so... Well, that's that's cool. I mean, even that you thought about... That you thought that. Because I think there's a lot of people that would be, oh, she's a good girl. I'm going to avoid her. Yeah, right. Yeah, no, there was something in me that was like, I need this. Yeah. Like, and in fact, when I moved to Baton Rouge, I thought, oh, good. The bars close at two. I'll get some sleep. <laughs> I mean, that's how right. crazy it right. was in high school. Um, so the very first semester, uh, Campus Crusade came knocking on our door and two people came in and they, they talked to each of us and the four did the four spiritual laws and, um, I remember there's the part where who's on the throne on the little chair. And I'm like, no, I am. Mm -hmm. And she was, you know, she, she said, well, do you want to be, or, you know, and I was like, yeah, I'm happy with where I am right now. Like, I was like, don't, don't tell me what to do. Right. Cause I really, my, the fact that I did not feel protected and tended to by my parents really affected me. I didn't trust anybody. Right. And I was like, families are awful and I'm out of here yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so the second semester, and so a different girl was talking to Kathy and the next semester she was in the same class as Kathy. And because Kathy's such a good girl, as soon as she saw her, she was like, oh man, I got to go sit by her. I can't ignore her. I had this conversation with her. And that is how God used that within probably two weeks, Kathy was a believer. Oh, wow. And she was a good Catholic girl, so she really had a struggle. She went to Mass and her new church. Like, she did both because her parents were like, wait, what? You're not yeah. going to Mass? You know? Yeah. But she was she was just a good person. And I used to, like, ridicule her about that, like just don't go to the mass, go, you know, and, um, but I, I had just, I was just kind of a hard core 
suck it up kind of person. Right. And um, kind of harsh and very rigid. My brother and sister, you know, they loved me, but they were afraid of me at the same time. Yeah. You know, kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and so Kathy becomes a believer. And then I go through school, uh, get a boyfriend, meet meet the boyfriend. And within like a year, a, couple, a year or so, heartbroken, my dad tells my mother he's leaving her. Uh, like at the same time or oh around yeah, the same time? All around the same uh. time. Um, so he left when I was 20. So I was already. Yeah. My sister was 16. Yeah. And my brother was 12. Right. And um, that is when, like I said to him, our relationship is on hold. Because, I, you know, then after that, he's like, oh, Tony and Pat, come to dinner with me. And I was like, you never wanted to go to dinner with us before you left. Why now? You know, I'm like, I'm not doing that to mom. Mm-hmm. I'm staying. Y'all yeah. go. And they were, you know, wanting their dad's attention and his love. So they're like, no, we have to go. I'm like, y'all go. I do not. So it was like, yeah, I kind of took a stand there mm-hmm. and I just told him. And, um, and then <laughs> you're good. I'm like, wait, let me think about this. Um, so this is when you're 20. Yeah. So during that time, I'm still friends with Kathy. I stayed roommates with her. Okay. The moment that my mom and dad's divorce went through because I, I struggled financially because he made enough money to where I couldn't get loans yeah, or, like or a, grants or yeah, something. Yeah. But as soon as he left and I declared myself, I claimed myself, Pell Grants came in and right. it was like... Like FAFSA and all that. Yeah, so, yeah. All that helped so much because I thought I'm going to have to drop out of school. Right. I, I don't have a car. I don't, you know. And my uncles were like, no, Tracy, we don't want you to drop out. You know, you keep going and that kind of thing. Yeah, that's cool. And during that time, I met a lot of Kathy's friends, and they never treated me like a heathen, which I pretty much was. <laughs> um, they just treated me like one of them. Yeah. And and they, I you know, I said I was hard on Kathy for like accusing her of being a hypocrite, right? Going to bullshit. But stuff. but everyone was genuine. Uh-huh. It was they were just who they were and yeah. and so God used that to show me that I don't have to clean up to come to him mm-hmm. because I can't that was my issue I was like it's useless it, I'm mm. yeah you're and, you're too far gone right yeah. I really did feel that way and how can I trust you there is nothing in this life no boyfriend no family nothing that I can trust in to take care of me, to help me, to love me, all those things. And God, for like three years, and it was really, it was before my dad left, you know, it was like from 17 is when I went to college. I was just going to say, I was so young. Yeah. So from 17 to 21, it was 1985, I was, uh, Still, I wasn't living in the same place. We were in um, houses, apartments, but I chose those same people to live with. Right. And I didn't, I didn't, they didn't ask me, every now and then they'd ask me to go to church. 
but I didn't go. I didn't want to go. I did my thing, but they just let me. They just let me be. And then I lived with them. And then at one point I pulled out that for spiritual laws, I, I could tell I was changing. I could tell I was like softening, like God was wearing me down <laughs> right. with his love. And, um, and finally I prayed. I, I was like in my room and I thought, well, if this is, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to like really do this. Mm. I'm not going to fake it. Um, I know I'm going to struggle um, because I just have a strong personality yeah. and, and I, you know, if I thought I was right, I was right. And, you know, so you're making this big decision. You're like, I, I know that if I'm going to, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to, yeah. Right. Gonna Cause for me, in. the savior part, I was, I was like, okay, okay. But it was the Lord part that I was like, uh, uh, I still want to be Lord. <laughs> right. And I think that's, that's interesting because I think that's. That is just a part of the relationship that we have with, or just just what it means to have a relationship with the Lord that a lot of people don't get. Right. So that's interesting. I mean, you, yeah, it's interesting that you knew that because I, I think there's a lot of people that are totally fine with the Savior part and will call themselves Christian and go to church and, and do everything, live. but also, li- but live the same way that you were yeah. living. Yeah. So I, I just knew and, um, and I am the kind of person that like, if I'm going to say yes, I'm, I'm going to mean it. Yeah. I'm not going to say yes and then ghost you, you know? Um, so usually my first answer is no. Right. Until I'm ready to mean what I say kind of thing. And, um, so I prayed and then immediately my friend Kathy was like, okay, I want, you should start journaling to God hmm. and, and talking to God and just write everything, what he, how he answers your prayers and all those things. And I was like, okay, okay. And then they got me in a discipleship group and I learned all the foundational things about how to walk with God. It was all crew stuff too. Yeah. Cause, and then I started going to church at, it was called, uh, the chapel on the campus and it's still there at LSU. Oh, cool. And, um, and I joined the college group on campus. I did not join Crew um, for whatever reason, because Crew was a college thing and not a community thing, not a church thing. I did, I thought I it, I would still be able to like avoid church, hmm. and I didn't want to be able to. I wanted to be part of church if I was doing this. Right. Interesting. And um, so, and I guess it was because I was an upperclassman at the time. I was going to say, this is probably your senior year, right? Yeah. So, yeah, you you know you're leaving college anyways, so. Right. And so, for, but I didn't get out till about five and a half years it took me. <laughs> okay. And, uh, and this is part of the story. I, because I was an athlete, I played all the sports. When I went to college, I was like, well, maybe I'll be a PE teacher. I, I really didn't know what I wanted to do. Yeah. And my only thought was do, just go the way that you go do what you love. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to go down that path and see what comes from going down the path. And, um, and that was like before I became a believer. And then when I did, I really was relying on God. I don't, what do you, I don't know what to do. I don't know what I like. I, I do know after reading the Bible that work 
it's going to be hard, but it, it should be fulfilling. Yeah. It's, you know, if I'm following God and sure enough, those things came to pass. Like what I ended up doing, going through the PE track, I met someone when I was doing a aerobics class. She was a grad assistant. And I was like, what are you studying? And she said, well, I'm getting my master's in cardiac rehab. And that was like the first I'd ever heard of it. And yeah. I was like, oh, well, this is interesting. And from that point on, I just kind of started checking it out. And so I graduated and I was a semester. I knew I wasn't going to do PE, but I still hadn't made that jump yeah. to go to get my master's. And the day that I decided I had prayed, I was like, God, if I'm supposed to do this, please help me do this. Cause I didn't have any money. Yeah. So I went to our, my department head and, uh, I had great grades because once I became a believer, I studied all the time. <laughs> I still had decent grades yeah. because before I was always a hard worker and was like, I'm not wasting my time here. You know, I'll just get everything done and then go party. Right. And so that's what I did. But like, as you get older, you're like, mm -mm, I can't do this anymore. I got to stop. Yeah. And um, so I studied harder. I made, I made a 4.0 like five semesters in wow. a row. So I was like serious. So when I went to talk to him, he was like, oh, Tracy, you're interested in coming here for grad school? Oh, you need an assistantship? He's like, oh, today's the last day to apply. Wow. And I was like, thank you, God. <laughs> and um, so things like that just confirmed. And he's like, w and I was able to teach aerobics and kind of follow in that woman's footsteps. That's cool. And, um, and so I went back to school and... In between that time, that summer before it started, uh, before my master's started, I uh, was a counselor in a summer camp. And um, it got just like provided these great jobs for me while I went to school. Yeah. Also, I worked in the women's athletic training room as an undergrad and it paid for my meals and it paid me like 20 hours a week, which is what I needed, you know, and it, it was just like all, it was like God said, you trust me to take care of you and I will. Yeah. And he kind of, and he has always done that. And he began reparenting me um, and just teaching me that you don't have to be so mean. You don't have to be hard, you know, like give people a chance kind of thing. Yeah. And so he started changing me. And I got really involved with discipleship and I was part of ministry groups in college and discipling and all that. Were there, was there any partying? Um, there was always the struggle. Yeah. Um, but I had partied so much since like age 15 to 21 Yeah. that I was like, I don't, I really don't need to do that. And I had discovered, um, conditioning, working out. So at age 20, you know, when you're young and you're playing sports, you don't have to work out because the sport, the practice, everything, it takes care of itself. Yeah. But then you go to college and you sit around and you gain or whatever. And then that, that second year in part of the PE program that I was doing, I uh, started doing conditioning. And uh, that's when I was like, oh, this serotonin really feels good. <laughs> 
this is helpful. Yeah. And it really leveled me out. Yeah. Like it helped me be happier. Yeah. And so it was, I tell people, I didn't exercise really for calories. I exercised so I wouldn't murder anybody. <laughs> you know, just that totally. intensity. It took the edge off. And so honestly, now I exercise for the, I like, it's, I like how it makes me feel. And it's not so I won't kill anybody. I don't have that anymore. <laughs> like I have, like I need it or something. But I just thought yeah. it was interesting, you know. Totally. That's awesome. Um, but I don't know if I'm answering your question. I was like, I, I went back because I was. No, no, no. I keep yeah. retracing. Um, so when, when I got to grad school, um, I was still doing all the, you know, discipling and college yeah. things, but I was also transitioning into, you know, you're going to be out of school. And, um, and that was when I really, this is really interesting to me. This is a full circle thing, which I was hoping to talk about, but I didn't know if it would come up. But when I graduated, um, I was really trusting God for a job in Baton Rouge because I did not want to leave my church. Right. I was not. And I was like, Lord, if there's any way, please. Um, and back when I first had become a believer, I had been doing, I had read and I was just happened to be reading in Hebrews and in Hebrews eleven six it says, and without faith is it impossible to please him for he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is the rewarder of those who seek him. Now, 60 years later, I don't know how, 30 years later, I realize he's the reward. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, he is the rewarder. He is the one who, he's like, oh, this would be good for you. Um, like he, he was my provider. So I'm trusting him, putting out applications, um, and was a softball umpire for the summer. That was really fun. Um, so it's just think different things were provided. And in probably, I graduated in the spring and within probably three months, I had a job on the fitness side of the, of a place called the heart and fitness center and, um, worked there for a year and a half. Um, but before that, I was interning in my graduate studies, and I interned at the, on the heart side because I was um, specializing in cardiac yeah. rehab, and that's where Bob was. That's how I met Bob. Mm -hmm. And um, he was our, uh, I, w I was the intern, and he was the intern, like one of the supervisors. And he, he was a year ahead of me in school. Okay. And so we didn't have any classes together, but that's how our, our, we really got to know each other. Yeah. And at the time, we were dating other people. Okay. But um, I, I like to, it, like, as far back as I am now to look back on that and see how God used what I like to do in school to, to bring me to a job that brought me to my husband, that helped me buy my first car. Mm -hmm. That, you know, and as we go on, I'll, I'll tell you some more. But, um, so let me see if I have. Yeah. 
So we're talking, I'm about 27 now. Okay. And, um, and I'm working. But God starts changing my uh, attitude about family. I mean, I still dated guys, but I was like, ain't no way I'm marrying <laughs> yeah, him. Yeah. You know, like I can go have a nice time, but I was just not interested. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense with your parents' relationship and everything. So, right. Yeah. And um, so God, cha- God was changing my heart and he did change it. And I can say on this end now that of all the guys I dated, when I met Bob and then we were... I was his intern. I was the intern there for a couple semesters. And then we didn't see each other for like a year, almost a year. And then a job opening came in cardiac rehab and I was already working on the fitness side and they just were like, Tracy, we're going to ask Tracy. Yeah. Cause we know her, right. we know how she works. And so are you interested? And I was like, absolutely. And so in January of Wow, I can't even think of when this was. <laughs> 91. Okay. Um, I started working there. And that's when Bob and I started um, hanging out more. We worked together. Yeah. Both he and I were not seeing anybody at the mm-hmm. time at that point. But uh, my thought was, and it still is, of all the people that came across my path, Bob was and is still the perfect person that God knew I needed to marry. Mm-hmm. Now, does that mean it was easy? No, <laughs> you know, totally. but I felt so comfortable in my own skin huh. with him. And I don't, I don't really know why. Yeah. And I don't, I don't know. It was just, it was very, um, God anointed is how it felt to me, right. which, that makes sense because that's what God does during your courtship. You know, you go through your time and you think there is no one better. I have never met anyone as thoughtful or kind or this or that. And then you decide to commit to each other and then you get married and you're like, who are you that I'm living with? Like, because that's when God puts you to the fire. (laughs) And I, really did not I mean I had I had read a lot of marriage books I had gotten like we did premarital counseling we did all that but consider the baggage that I had and the trust issue that I've always right, had right it was rough totally and um and so it's been a journey but I he was the one I was most comfortable with in just being who I am mm-hmm. and um and it's just funny now how we're like such good companions for each other now, you know, in yeah. on this end, empty nest end. You know, it's like, oh, we, we really have fun together. Yeah. We, and we've grown um, in many different ways, you know. Um, so let's see, where are we? So, so you guys, that, did, yeah. That job, I met Bob, but before. Before that, when I was working at the job, before we, maybe I was an intern at that point, I get a call. So so when my dad left my mother, once the divorce went through, a month later, he was married again. Oh, wow. Okay. He had 
been having this affair. Mm -hmm. And we suspected, but we didn't really know Mm -hmm. exactly. And I so wanted to hate her. Yeah. But she's really, God used her to redeem my my relationship with my dad. Yeah, wow. She's... She made a difference for us, for the kids. So at that point, we're still estranged. Um, but my dad, a year into his marriage in that, uh, developed cardiomyopathy, which is the heart muscle becomes so thick, it can't contract like it should to pump the blood. And they gave him two, two years to live. He, wow. he was in his early 50s that in my mind that I can think of. Well, when she called to tell me this, you know, that that he couldn't breathe. They went to the ER. You know, they did all the tests. I dropped to my knees hmm. because my heart was had been so hardened and I wanted him to suffer so much like we had suffered. Um, and I was just like, Lord, forgive me. I don't want this. I don't want this for him. I don't want, you know, he just showed me what my heart really was, that I just was hurt. Mm -hmm. And um, anyway, all that to say, I'm in cardiac rehab. Think about that. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's... And he develops this thing. So going through time, over time, as my dad got older, there were times where he would call me and I would develop an exercise program for him you know he'd he'd call me and say hey what can I do and so like towards the end of his life I was calling him and he he would tell me report to me what he had done for exercise but what you need to know is he lived another 27 years wow he he did everything he was supposed to do because that's his personality yeah and I'm very much like him Uh in in those areas in the personality area and um but God used that to, it's just part of our story. Yeah, I was going to say, what a cool uh, rest, restoring of a relationship through yeah. your, your job. Your, yeah, and so I'm still in discipleship groups. I'm still involved. Bob, Bob and I were in the young couples ministry. We were part of that in Baton Rouge. We had our life. Our bi- probably our biggest struggle was just how do we navigate our marriage? Because I don't know that he had great uh, models either. Yeah. You know, so that was just something that was hard. Um, but then we started thinking about kids. And and this both both husband and children, I was like, no, no. I never thought I would be a decent mother. Um, yeah. I just... I was like, I don't have it. I don't have the skills. No one taught me. I wasn't interested. All I did was play ball. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But God just persuading me and showing me and, you know, being really gentle with me. Like, no, Tracy, I put this in you. Mm-hmm. I want this for you. So we started trying to have kids. And because, I mean, at that point, I was in my 30s. Um, it was hard. So we went to... uh infertility specialist and I was on some uh, pills. I don't even know what at this point, but it, I did not like how it made me feel at this point. So 
I uh, talked to Bob. We we went to lunch one day, and I was just complaining to him, like, this. I don't like how this is making me feel. I'm just so, like, overly emotional. And he was like, you know, why don't, why don't you just get off of them? And, and he said, you know, if God wants to get us pregnant, he will. Mm-hmm. That's a, that's a very uh, guy thing to say. I feel like is like a, if, if someone is like a girl is complaining to a guy about that, that's a very guy response to speak. Yeah. Okay. Then stop. <laughs> yeah. Well, and at the, at the time I wanted the permission. Right. Exactly. Like, exactly. Um, because I was not the girl that dreamed of getting married and having babies and yep. that being my life. Right. I just was not. I was like, no, it's too much trouble. I just barely got out of my childhood. I'm not going back kind right. of thing. Anyway, he said, uh, you know, we could adopt too. I'm not against that. And the reason is, is we had a cardiac rehab nurse where we worked and she had adopted some kids internationally and otherwise. Right. And we just saw the kids a lot and we were like, oh, this is, you know, yeah, this is cool. But I like never even considered it before. And, I, and when he said that, again, it was permission. I was like, oh, OK, me too. But I said, if God wants me to adopt, he's going to have to show us the kid hmm. because I don't want to just go looking around and finding the kid so I can say I'm a mother. Yeah. I just I want it to be real. Yeah. Like from God. Because for me, knowing when I know that God is saying, I want you to do this, it's so motivating for me. Yeah. I'm like, okay, Lord, I'll, I can do it. I'll, I'll do my best. And I also said, he's going to have to provide because we're out, of, we're tapped out because mm-hmm. infertil- once you're diagnosed infertility, at least back then, insurance didn't cover anything. Mm. And so it was very expensive. Yeah. And we weren't we weren't going doing in vitro at this point. Um, yeah, I was not I, I just didn't want to do that. And then the other thing was he's gonna have to show us exactly what to do because I don't I know nothing about adoption. I don't know the first I don't know where to start. Right. So Bob's like, let's pray about it. And we're like, okay. And then we forgot about it and we didn't pray about it. We might've each individually thought about it a little bit, but we just went back to life and I had permission to just not worry about things or not be stressed out over them. So nine months go by and our nurse over the summer goes to Vietnam and she meets who is to become our son, Tim. Yeah. And she sees him and he was misdiagnosed. They were like, don't, you don't need to touch that boy. That's the boy that's going to die. And, and she said, well, no, let me look at his records. And she's very, like, we trust her judgment. Yeah. She was very good nurse. And she could see that he, if, if Tim had had what they said he had, he wouldn't be walking around. Right. She's like, there's no way. There's no way. And he was like friendly and loving and she took all these videos. But then when she came back, she didn't talk to us right away because she knew that don't push Tracy in one direction. She's going to go the opposite. Right. And so for like a month, she said she couldn't sleep, couldn't sleep, couldn't sleep. And then one Monday, Bob was at LSU and um, because once we got once we got engaged 
he went back to get his PhD. And so he was getting his PhD and in fact, like at this point had maybe finished okay, and was working there. Yeah. And, um, he, so he was at his office. So I went home at lunch and I never did that. And she just happened to call me at lunch. I was right there, tells me the whole story. And she says, I'm going to email a picture to you. And my thought was, I don't know, Lord, I'm, I'm pretty selfish. I don't think I can do this. And, um, I was like, you just help me, you know, show me. Right. And so when this picture, you know, scrolls down, it was like back in the early days. Yeah, yeah. I saw him. And as soon as I saw him, my heart just, I, I can't explain it. Yeah. it. It was like burst. Wow. And so I said, call Bob at his office, talk to him and tell him everything. Cause I'm not going to remember all the medical terminology of what right. she was thinking. And the, and one of the reasons God gave her a reason to call us because the adoption fee was fixing to go up from one fifty to four hundred, okay. and she wanted us if we ever ever wanted to adopt to get in under yeah, the yeah the gun time was now yeah right so she was like okay I'm gonna call and talk to him a little bit so she calls Bob when Bob gets home basically I was like did did Deidre call you and he said as soon as I saw him I just started crying wow. And I was like, okay, let's go meet with her. And she said, come, we'll talk Monday. Yeah, you can give me the check for the adoption fee. So we're like, okay, we want to we come meet and talk about this. Yeah. So when we did, uh, the first thing she does is she hands me this big, thick book that's how to adopt yeah how to like one of my <laughs> prayers which was exactly she goes you need to skip this step we're going to go right to this step and we're going to call the orphanage and tell them this little boy is who you want we did it kind of backwards not well we're willing to take yeah. this yeah. this and this and he had a heart defect which is the area that bob and i worked in yeah and i was like i could have had a kid with a different defect that i didn't know anything about yeah Seriously. But God, you know. So as soon as we decided to do it, we Bob was in the choir at the time. He announced it. He did a little presentation to the choir. And money just started rolling in. Oh, wow. That's awesome. And not a lot. Like, let's say $11,000 when it was all said and done. But that was what we needed yep. to go get him. And 10 months later... We had him, and he was being checked out, and then we had he had to have three heart surgeries. Wow! Um, over the course, you know, of a few years. Yeah. And we just knew that God wanted us to give him the chance to live. Now, what we did not know is that God was going to use him to just bless us yeah. as people and teach us what it meant to be a dad and a mom mm-hmm. and a family. And so that was like another full Redemption. circle. Yeah. yeah. So those were kind of interesting things all through that. Um, so we're still in Baton Rouge. I never like at age 35 or so 40, I didn't have a concept of the next 20 years, what they were going to look like. Yeah. But when, when I got married, I knew, and when Bob, 
you know, he went back to school. I was like, professor, does that mean he's going to move around a lot? And I was like, mm, I don't know. I'm, I want to stay here. Right. Because it was what I knew. Yeah. And uh, so I had this fear. And God had to almost rip my hands apart to let go of Baton Rouge. Yeah. But he, he had to make it so bitter to me that I was like, we have to leave. Yeah. And, um, it, and so we moved. So I became willing and Bob was happier. He, he moved, we moved to Bangor, Maine and he did a different job and God provided for our cardiac rehab there, a job there. And it was probably the best job I ever worked in. That's awesome. And, um, and it was, it's like God just uh, assuaged my, all my fears. He's like, I, I have you, yeah. I have you. And it looked different every time we moved. And then every, so we were four years in Maine and then I could tell Bob was getting restless. And in Maine, I was like, I don't care where we go at this point. Right. You know, we've gone from Louisiana <laughs> to Maine, yeah. like opposite. And survive anyway. And so I was like, yeah. And, and he, there was a department head position in uh, Las Cruces. And it was, I was like, well, it's sunny yeah. and it's south and I love Mexican food. So, <laughs> so we moved there and Tim spent his middle school years in Maine, okay. which was like Americana, really. He could ride the streets in our little neighborhood. Yeah. Um, he played soccer, like all the normal, he had just had this normal childhood. So we thought, but he was a little brown Vietnamese boy and yeah. in, in a sea of white, yeah, like kind of living in Idaho. <laughs> and, um, but he was popular, but I didn't know until we moved to Las Cruces, he was like, Oh, more brown people. Good. <laughs> like I was like, Oh, bud, I, I didn't know that you felt this way, it's, you yeah. know, but we, we so we had an enjoyable childhood. Leaving Baton Rouge, it was it, it was basically to save our marriage, hmm. and it was mostly because I was being unwilling to go where God wanted me to go. Yeah, and I didn't realize it though. Yeah, interesting. Um, but once I was there, I was like, oh. And so we we did count we did counseling in Maine and in Baton Rouge, and then when it was time to go to Las Cruces, we actually had to spend a year apart because of the housing issue. We couldn't sell our house, so Tim and I were in Maine uh-huh. for about nine months wow. before it sold. Yeah. And Bob would just travel, you know, every six to nine weeks, uh-huh. and it I was like fearful, totally, and. God was like, no, it's o- like, it's okay. And, and I really feel like God invested in me with people in the church. There was always a, a mentor or a discipler that I could talk to and be a part of. And I was really pretty raw, like, mm-hmm. I don't know, broke, fe- feeling broken and just yeah. a mess when I was in Maine. And then when we moved to Las Cruces, it was like a shift. And we were there for 10 years. Wow. And even Bob, he had he was like, we'll, we'll probably never leave here. I, you know, and I'm thinking to myself <laughs> after these other moves, like, you know, if God wants us to move, we're going to move kind of thing. Because I had already 
Right. You've already you, done this. Yeah. Yeah. I've done this. <laughs> you, it's gone through your, yeah. Yeah. I, the, I was not holding it on anymore. Yeah. And Bob doesn't really, he doesn't see life that way, kind of. He's not that kind of hang on for, for dear life. Yeah. But it was just interesting that he, he really just thought, oh, well, this is probably where we'll, we'll retire. And um, anyway, something he was a department head there and enjoying his work and then he i had a job in the department with him okay and helped the seniors in their internships and that was really fun it was part-time i enjoyed getting to know the seniors and i was like part of the department with bob it was yeah, fun cool. um and then tim got his license and so it was like Hmm. I wonder if I need to do cardiac rehab again. And I had thought about it and there were there weren't any openings. But when I after Tim was getting his license and didn't need me to drive him anywhere anymore, <laughs> I reached out to one of the directors that I had known through the internship program at uh New Mexico State and they needed a person to recreate their cardiac rehab program and they needed an exercise physiologist. And so within like two months, I I finished out the summer and almost to the day that Tim got his license and started driving, I went back to work (laughs) in cardiac rehab. And, um, so it was kind of funny to me that totally. the times I needed to go part-time and work things out and still be a mom, I was able to do that. Yeah. And then when it was time to the get the opportunity job, I was went provided. right yeah. back. And I used my Baton Rouge experience and my Bangor experience to help start restart this program. And so when we left, five years later, so it's 10 years now, we... uh Bob, they get a new dean. The situation's such that Bob's like, I'm stepping back and we got, we, I need to leave. Hmm. Well, and he was thinking that. Actually, he was stepping back and looking at some other things and a headhunter called him and was like, you know, we have some jobs out here that you might be perfect for. And one of them was this Boise State job. And he immediately was like, no, we're not going back to... Siberia, because that's, you know. <laughs> yeah. But they were like, no, no, it's Boise's in a valley. It doesn't usually get 26 below, you know. Yeah. And so he checked it out, and then we moved here. And um, and the reason I bring all this up, in Las Cruces, I met some ladies through a Bible study that we started a prayer uh, group and that prayer group lasted like eight years until I left. That's awesome. And we prayed for our kids, for our husbands, for, you know, whatever was going right. on. It was just four of us. But it was like God did this when I was in Las Cruces and really started building me up again yeah. from feeling broken from just like, you know, when you get when you get a spanking from your parent or you you're scolded that's kind of how i felt like with god interesting even though it was very gentle yeah it was firm yeah 
and I was just feeling broken from that. And it was like, no, I have, there's a reason, there's a reason, there's a reason. So when we moved, my thought was, well, I'll check out the cardiac rehabs. And I actually, the dean that Bob works for now, he got me an interview. Uh-huh. So what year, what, what year did you guys move here? 2018, okay. five in August. So okay. just now five years. Yeah. And, um, so that's before you, that's when I came to Boise too. Funny. Enough. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, start my freshman year started August of 2018. So cool. But, yeah. yeah. So yeah. now, now watch this timeline. This is crazy. To me. <laughs> and it's, it's just kind of a long timeline for me. Um, so we decide we're going to, we're going to move. Tim has graduated. He graduated 2015 and then he was in New Mexico state for about a year and a half until he was like, I got to go somewhere else. This isn't where I fit, you know? And so Bob went, on a trips with him to look at some other colleges and he ended up in New York mm-hmm. and, um, God really helped us get him there. We were like, he's our only one. Right. We gotta, we gotta go for this. Yeah. We gotta try. And he really flourished and he's still there and working. Yeah. Um, so when we moved to Boise, it wasn't the family. It was just Bob just and I. Two. Yeah. Yeah. So that was kind of interesting. And we looked at it more, I wasn't afraid. I was like, okay, here's our adventure. And and I would, had grown enough to to know okay, we have, let's we just have to trust God with everything yeah. that that we do. So, we got up here and probably we started going and ch- checking different churches out. Um when we had moved to Maine, Bob found he had gone ahead and found a church immediately. And then we switched churches because it just happened. Yeah. It was like, no, we need to go here. Yeah. Um, when we moved to Las Cruces, it took us like eight months to find a church. And then when we moved here, we went a few months and we were, we went to about five different churches and we're like, well, yeah, this is, this is good, but nothing really hit us. And then, the Sunday before Thanksgiving, um, Bob had looked online and just was looking worship, different churches, and f- found Rev 22, and it was downtown. He said, hey, let's try this one. This one looks really interesting. And it was in the school. Right. And so we went, and both of us were just taken aback by how intimate the worship was and it was really worship it wasn't a performance and then there was a guest speaker it wasn't even Bren and we loved it that's awesome you know we we were like we have to come back here yeah and the very first person that I ever met was Jess awesome she was at the giving tree yep and, and, uh, I'm, so I met her there and then we met John and Bren. They, you know, they were, Bren's pretty good about meeting people and knowing their names yep. and Bob had coffee with him. And yep. then we just decided to start going there. And, um, we had joined a gospel community, but we're going every other week. That's kind of how that one rolled, but it was like 30 minutes from our house and that, and, um, but that's where I met Debbie. 
and Debbie would, because I had asked Bryn, what about ladies Bible studies? Yeah. How do you get to know ladies? Who's in charge kind of thing. Yep. And we're such a young little church I know that we're, we were having to grow, yeah. you know? And, um, and so I met Debbie and we started, I went to a women's retreat, started getting involved with the women's ministry. Yeah. And then we moved into the, this building and the very first women's Bible study in this church, it was January of 2020. We had a seven week women's Bible study in the elementary room and there was 20 ladies and we had childcare and I had the honor of facilitating that and that, and, and so that's kind of how, we got to where we were. Yeah. Yeah. What a cool full circle moment that, that, that is. Yeah. I mean, it was just cool. And that's where I met Sharon Collard. Mm-hmm. She came to that. She had just moved. And, and that I have to say, I have to give like, see, this is a podcast on Cameron. I have to give a shameless plug uh-huh. to, the My Heart Unveiled study, yeah. because that study really helped me understand myself and, and align myself to God and not resist God without realizing mm-hmm. it. Because I think I did a lot of resisting over my life and I just didn't even know yeah. that I was doing it. Yeah. You know? Um, so, long story, when my dad became a peepaw, to when Tim came along, yeah, that's when our relationship changed. Right. It, it was like everything else was forgotten, and he was just peepaw. And then all the different times we moved, you know, you don't have a lot of friends. My dad was home on disability because of his cardiomyopathy. Yeah. Was home, so I'd call him and we would talk. He he was the one. We would talk sports. Yeah. We talk Saints, LSU, anything. Yeah. And it was just really enjoyable to talk to him about those type of things. Like all, you know, once I forgave him and, you know, and it wasn't just a one-time thing. Totally. You know, yeah. it was like, oh yeah, I forgot about this. I need to forgive you about that too. Or, you know, <laughs> in my head, it would come up. Yeah. And, um, but it's like God redeemed that time. And the, and when he died, he died in 2018, before we moved um, to to Boise. Boise, and he had he and Janet had come to Thanksgiving to our house, and they had never made it to Maine, but they made it to Las Cruces. They drove because wow. he couldn't fly yeah. well with his condition. But and he he was really kind of a walking miracle as well totally. as Tim. So I I look at all that, and that's kind of part of the reason I was like no. I need to do this podcast because God has done so much and it's like, keep hoping, you know, all your young podcasters are like, you know, I don't know what's going to happen, but it's like, you just keep, keep asking God to guide you and trust him because he does know best way more than we do. Mm -hmm. That's so cool. That's so cool. I think that's a great that's a great uh, 
statement to wrap it up. Um, oh, yeah. I mean, at least... I, I know. Mean, this was long. I had 60 years. <laughs> no, this was perfect. This is perfect. But I, I, I can't... I mean, I've been thinking about, like, what's what's kind of your intro? What What is... What is a great, what is a good summary? Mm-hmm. Um, and that I think is, is a great one is like, keep pressing into God and having hope in God because he delivers on his promises. Not, oh, yeah. not us. He does. Um, and that's just that, that I think is what I, I, I gained from your story is that it's not, um, it is, it is not hoping in ourselves, not hoping in, mm-hmm. in circumstances because, at least in in your story, you, there's just like circumstances and other people were the opposite. That right. circumstances of other people let you down, right? Um, but finding hope in in the Lord and and searching through Him, yeah. did not. Right. Um, I mean, He like time and time again too, which yeah, is really cool. Over and over and yeah. over. And not to say that if I face things, I don't ever have fear. I do, but I just go talk to him about it. Right. And I'm right. like, Lord, I'm I'm scared about this. Yeah. And I think that's a that's that's a misconception of t- and just because you put your hope in him doesn't mean everything's going to turn out right the way you, that you want it to or or magical and ma- magically happy every time. Right. Um, but those things were just some sweet things that God has done that people need to know. Totally. You know. Totally. And that's I, yeah, I mean, I say that like maybe smaller things that that you stress out about it, that you worry about. Mm-hmm. That God is like, no, don't worry about that because watch what what I have for you instead. And yeah, that's yeah. that's just so cool. That's yeah. so cool. Um, and now, I mean, what's what's any, anything anything current? Are you guys going to move away now? It's been five well, years, so you know. There, see, I never say <laughs> never about that. You know, um. And I've told Bob just just in passing, just right. us talking about it. I'm like, you know, I wouldn't mind being closer to Tim. However, we love it here. Mm-hmm. We love our community. We we love our church home. Yeah. Our our family. It feels like family. We are very uh, plugged in to where we feel um, like we are serving the church in the ways that. God's designed us to to be, yeah. Um, and 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 being ministers to people, yeah. And so we love that. Um, I think that Bob is looking to close out his career here, but again, I'm like, <laughs> Lord, just let us know. Yeah. But I'm like, we are we are getting up there a little bit now. You know, we're getting we were getting really good at moving. Like, oh, we don't need that. We can take right. this. You know, you learn how to purge and get rid of things and stuff like that. <laughs> totally. Which is nice. But at some point, I'm like, it would be nice if we could just stay here. And and especially with the close family of believers that we feel like we have yeah. here. Which yeah. is, we've had closeness with churches before, but there's it's just different. And I don't know if it's because of our age and where we are in the season of life or not. Um, I, I will say that, you know, for myself, I'm way more open and friendly and social and like, yeah. I like people, <laughs> you know, and back then, I don't, I don't know, yeah. you might not get a hello from me, <laughs> you know, yeah. I was like way too serious and, but God's just like done a, like a reversal. Yeah. That's so cool. 
you know. That's so cool. Yeah. Well, we certainly hope you guys stay here for a long time. So, um, yeah. yeah, that is, but like you said, I guess it's not really up to us. Um, <laughs> well, at this point, we're not getting any promptings to go anywhere. <laughs> cool. So, that's so good that's to good to know. <laughs> yes, for know? sure. Yeah. For sure. Awesome. Well, um, do you want to, do you want to pray for us? Sure. I would All love right. to. Let's do I'd it. I'd love to. Father, thank you for this time. Uh, Lord, I pray that the words that I said and the things that I shared were um, glorifying to you. And I thank you for these podcasts that Jack has done uh, that helps us get to know our uh, fellow believers better and encourage one another. And and I, I pray that uh, this podcast would be encouraging to people who are struggling and um, and just really wanting to walk with you, Lord. I thank you that you are the rewarder and you are the reward. And uh, we love you, and I just lift this time up to you. Amen. Amen. <laughs>